so that's why we start our first Wednesday service once a month. And uh, so not this Wednesday, but the next. We'll be right here. We'll have child care in the back. The youth will be uh, doing their thing over there. And uh, did did y'all enjoy Pedro leading us this morning? Pedro did an awesome job. Uh, Pedro, he will be here with us with our band here on um, June 6th. And we're excited about that. So, uh, you know, we have, as we grow, we have a number of people that their families come, but they have to work on Sundays. So, again, a midweek is just, it's just a time for you just to, to come and spend time with God and, and friends. So we're, we're excited about that. All right. I'm not going to talk long today, but what, I, what I'm going to say is going to be very, very important. So I hope, I hope, that, uh, I hope that you will listen and, and, and be attentive and allow the Spirit to lead you. Now my, my boys say, Dad, you always say you're not going to talk long, and it's always the same length. I've got to give the people hope. I've got to give them hope, you know. He may end up a little bit earlier today. So several weeks ago, we started a new series called Success is Earned. And the whole premise of this series is that success is not arriving at a certain place in life, a certain amount of money, a certain job, a certain career. It's not receiving a title or a position in life. Success is earned by how you live your life. That's how success is earned when we get to the end of our lives and the people around us respect us. And so success is earned. And, and if, you, if you think about all the men and women in your life of past generations, men and women from the Bible, all the ones that we would consider to be highly successful, people we want to modern, modern our, our, our follow our lives after, pattern our lives after, what you find is that they live different from other people. They live a value-centered, moral life uh, that, that set them apart from how society was living. If we're honest today, the majority of people are not successful in every area of their lives. But the people who are, they, they live differently. They live by a set of standards. And, and so we're going through the life of Joseph that's in, found in Genesis 37 through 50. And what we're doing is we're just, we're, we're talking about some of the character qualities we, we find in the life of Joseph. In my opinion, uh, besides Jesus you have, you'll have a hard time finding a more successful man or woman in the Bible. You know, the thing about Joseph is the Bible is very clear that many, you know, many of the men and women in the Bible, it shows all the good things they did, but sometimes there was a train wreck along the way. Joseph never had a train wreck from birth to death. I mean, there's just, there, it's just a life of purity. It's a life of integrity and uh, something that we can learn a lot, a lot from. So, Week one, let's review real quick. Week one was success requires us to be faithful. That the foundation of success is built on faithfulness. And here's the deal, church. If you can't be faithful, you will never be successful. For us to be successful, we have to be found faithful. We talked about that. Then we said on top of that, to be successful, you really need something that you can't give yourself. You need God's favor and blessing upon your life. You need God to open doors that you can't open on yourself. And then last week we talked about uh, that success requires life stamina. That basically, whenever you get knocked down, you just have to get back up. Whenever life knocks you down, you know, you have to, hey, even give yourself like a 10-minute rule. Whining, complaining, everything for about 10 minutes, then get back up. Because whining, complaining, discouragement, depression, beating yourself up, it's not going to get you to where God wants you to, to be in life. 
So we're talking about, and we talk about how Joseph, Joseph got knocked down all the time. And this man just got up every day and put his pants on and followed God. And a shining example. And so today, the principle we're looking at today is the principle uh, of, of the offense. And basically, successful people learn how to overcome offenses in their life or being offended in life. And, you know, as we travel through life, we face many challenges and difficulties, but one of the main hurdles is, is, is getting offended by the actions or the lack of actions by somebody we know, we love, or we interact with on a, on a daily basis. You know, as a pastor, I meet and talk with people every, every, every week, and, and sometimes people just want to come in, they just want to talk, they want to share what they're going through, they want to share what they're dealing with, and, um, you know, sometimes every, you know, 10% of the time they like my advice, but anyway, I'm there, I listen, you know, and, but what I, here's what I notice. What I, what I notice is, is, is that frequently, frequently what we're talking about is that this man or woman or the person I'm talking with, they were offended by someone in their past and they just can't get over it. I'm talking this morning, it is quiet in here. <laughs> and, and when I talked to them, you know, I could, the year of the event that really offended them, if it's 1999, we could just label you 1999 because you haven't moved one day past 1999, the day you got offended. And what, so what happens is people just get offended and instead of moving forward in life, instead of allowing God to heal them and bless them and move them on, they're stuck. It's like Groundhog Day. Over and over, if, you, if, if you're not as old as me, Groundhog Day, you know, Bill Murray, he woke up and every day was the same day. Just, you ought to watch it tomorrow and maybe a good thing for you. Um, but they're just not able to get over it and get beyond it and allow God uh, to help them. And so, they're, again, they're not able to forgive people and they're not able to get over that one event that happened in their life. And so life is a revolving door. It's like you walk through a revolving door and you're back in the same day, same situation. They wake up and every day they relive the same pain, hurts, and disappointments from the time that they were, 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 were offended. And basically, if you become offended and you're not able to get beyond it, that, that offense will dominate your life. It will dominate you. It will dominate your life. And this, here's the sad thing. Not only will you not go where God really wants you to go, it affects all of your relationships. See, you don't realize it, but when you have an offense in your life, what happens is you be, be, begin to get a hard heart, you begin to get bitter, and it even affects the way you treat your husband, your wife, your spouse, your friends, your co-workers, and no one knows what the deal is, but it just, it, it just begins to work on, to work on you. And, and there's, there, there are a million ways that you could have been offended. Maybe you had a, a rough childhood. Maybe your parents didn't give you the love that you wanted. Uh, maybe your brothers and sisters did not treat you the way that you wanted. You felt like you were the black sheep of the family. Maybe you went to school and a teacher publicly embarrassed you in front of the class. Maybe you grew up in church and, unfortunately, a spiritual leader, somebody you really looked up to, a pastor, a youth pastor, someone in the church, really uh, did something bad. 
and, and, and hurt you. And uh, maybe they fell into sin or whatever, and, and that just was a terrible point in your life. Maybe you had a really close friend who betrayed your trust. You had a really close friend, and they just betrayed you. Maybe you're in a marriage for a long time, and, and your spouse cheated on you. I mean, these, all these, everything that I said is, are, they're a big deal. I'm not, I, I want you to understand, I am not making fun or making light at all about the things that cause us to be offended. But what I'm saying today is the only way you can be successful is that you have to allow God to heal you. We have to forgive him so we can move on and not relive that day uh, every day. Basically, something happened that caused great pain and hurt in their lives, and you've become offended, and you've just not been able to let go of that pain, and it's dominating your present thoughts in your current life. You know, G Jesus, in Luke 17, 1, Jesus d dealt with this topic, and he dealt with it in a very uh, straightforward way. Luke 17, 1 of the New King James Version. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. That verse goes on to say, but woe to him through who they come. And so what's, what's he saying? Jesus is saying, we live in a fallen world. We, we okay, how many people in here, how many of you are perfect? One person. He's in Tuesday therapy, don't worry about that. I'm just kidding. But we're not perfect. But isn't it funny though, we're not perfect, we expect other people to be? Isn't that funny? You know, we expect other people. So Jesus is saying, we live in a fallen world. There's sin. There's depravity. There's bad things happen. Bad things happen on purpose. Bad things happen on accident. So Jesus said, listen, if you're in this earth and you wake up and go through life, something is going to happen that's gonna, that has the possibility to offend you. And it may be with your spouse. It, a lot of times it's with the people we spend the most time with. But you go through life and, listen, things happen. People have bad days. They take it out on you. People are gr grumpy and grouchy and all kind of things. So let, let, I want to break that verse down for you, for you just for a minute, the word offenses. The Greek word for offense is the word scandalon. That's the word. And it literally refers to the part of a trap to which the bait is, is, is attached. And, and so, in other words, if you have an animal trap, as an example, and there's bait in it, the, the bait is used to catch an animal. And really, the offense is the bait that the devil uses to entrap us. And anytime you take the bait of the offense, you latch onto it, you become captivated. You become enclosed, and, and it, it, it has you. It, it dominates your life. Um, does that make sense? It, it's the bait and a trap uh, that... That, that, that we take. And so, uh, you know, one day, one day a few years ago, I, I went outside in, in my house and I saw the eave underneath my house, it had a hole in it. And I'm like, well, that's not good. And so I called someone out and it's like, hey, what, you know, what's it? And he's like, oh, a raccoon ate through the eave of your house and it's in your attic. And I said, a raccoon can't, I mean, it was only this big. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, they fit through anything. And I'm like, well, can you fix it? Can you close it up for, for me? He said, well, sure I can, but would, do you want to make sure that the raccoon is actually out first so it doesn't have to eat its way out? That's a good idea. So I went down to animal control. 
And I got a little trap. I got a trap from them. And they told me the bait to put in there. So we put it in there. We caught the raccoon. And then they told me, Terry, don't just release the raccoon. It'll come back. You've got to take it somewhere else. So I did that. As a matter of fact, I took it to your neighborhood. And I released it. <laughs> so you could adopt a beautiful raccoon, right? And, uh, but any, anyway, I had to, I could have put the trap in the attic and I would not have caught the raccoon. It had to have bait in it. It had to have something that lures us. And for whatever reason, the offense, it, 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 sometimes it's so alluring to take that bait and just become offended by what someone did or how, what they didn't do or how they treated you. Some people, honestly, some people are offended so many times and so easily that, that they don't even have any friends. It's impossible for them to have friends because if they spend any time with anybody, they get offended about something. Well, what, what, a, what a sad way to live. That's a sad way. That's no way to live. So no matter what has happened in your life, an offense is, is basically, it's bait to allure you uh, from Satan and if you take it, you become captive, you become ensnared, and it keeps you from making progress in life, and it keeps you focused on the past. You know, maybe you've seen this, it's an old illustration, but they, they used to have this illustration, it was of a monkey. And the monkey, uh, they put a banana in a jar, and, and, and the monkey, it was big enough for the monkey to put his hand in there, and he could pull it out. But when he would latch onto the banana, he couldn't get it out. You've all seen that or heard of that. And so what I want to tell you is this, is that you, if you're offended, you can break free of that. That's not a problem. But you can't break free holding on to the bait. You've got to let it go. You've got to release it. You've got to, you've got to be, be able to forgive them. We're going to talk to you how to do that. But here's the deal. You can be free and you can move on. But you can't be free until you release the offense. You have to release it. You have to let it go and let God just uh, take care of that. Now, no matter what the scenario is, uh, we can divide all offended people into two categories. And one, the first group is this, people who have really had something unjust happen to them. Something really bad happened to you and you became offended. Uh, the second group is this, those who believe they have been treated unjustly. So there, there's two scenarios, people who really have been and people who believe they have. Now, here's the truth. If you talk to people, everyone always feels like they're in the first group. You know, I really had something. These people are nuts, you know. I mean, I really had, I really had a good reason. So people in the second category, they believe with all their hearts that they've been wrong, but often their conclusions are drawn from inaccurate information. Or the information is accurate, but their conclusion is distorted. Let me ask you a question. How many of you thought for sure that you understood a situation? And as time went by, you realized that you were wrong in how you understood the situation. We all have, right? If, if you have not been, you need to join Chef Francis on Tuesday morning a therapy session. Okay? Because uh, there's something there. So, uh, let, me, let me tell you a quick story, a story from my life. Um, there, there was a, a time in my life when I was really deeply offended, and it, it got to the point uh, to where it was, 
shaping and directing my whole life, and not in a good way. I was, I was in a direction that wasn't healthy. I, you know, I, deep down I wasn't happy, and, but I, the last thing I want to do is let go of the offense. So let me tell you a little, the little story. My dad was a pastor, and um, so there was this one man in the church, and uh, he really wanted to be a missionary. He wanted to go and be a missionary overseas, and our church supported many missionaries, and, uh, but my dad, you know, my, so my dad worked with this man and got him in the position where actually the, the church paid for him to be a full-time missionary in the Philippines. And uh, this man had a teenage daughter, and uh, I was about 16 at the time, and so he had, a, a, I think, a 17-year-old daughter. So one of my friends was good friends with his daughter. And so this, this young girl comes to me one day, and she's like, man, Terry, this guy, he just crucifies you verbally. You and your brother and your sister. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? She's like, oh, yeah, he says that, man, Pastor Jim's kids, they're just, they're just straight-out heathens. They're the worst kids in the whole church. And just on. But it wasn't a one-time thing. It was over and over and over and over again. And um, just a continual assault. And so, and now I'm a, I, I'm not, at 16, the Lord still needed to do some work on me. And so, here, here's what I thought as a 16-year-old kid. You know, my, my first thing was, what a sorry excuse for a human being. What a sorry excuse for, for a person. A man helps you and gets you to where you can be a full-time missionary. And this is how you repay him? You talk about his kids and his family? I mean, what, what, a, what a sorry person. Now, I can get you offended about it too if I work hard enough, right? What a sorry, sorry person, right? Um, and, you know, then the next thing is, he didn't know anything about me or my siblings, so how could he honestly say these things? He had never had a five-minute conversation with me. He never went out when I went out. He didn't know any... He, he was just a blowhard. He just talked. And, but here's the thing. I didn't address the situation, and I didn't say anything to my dad, and I didn't confront the man. Now, here's a very important note. To keep from getting offended, you, you, you have to address it. If you put it on the shelf, you can become offended. Either just go talk to the person, or better, just forgive them and release them. But you've got to be able to you put it on the shelf and let it ruminate. Uh, you're, you're going to end up being offended. So, uh, so this was my conclusion to the matter. If this is how people are in church, I want nothing to do with it. They're a bunch of, a bunch of hypocrites. And so I took the offense, I took the bait of Satan, and it really began to damage my life. Now, five years later, five years I lived, five years I let this work on me. Five years later, one day I'm going down the road, I'm not praying, I'm not trying to hear from the Lord, and the Lord just blew up my little session. And he said, hey, Terry, how long are you going to let that man live your life? You're not living, I'm not li you're not controlling my life. And I started thinking about that. He said, how long are you going to let that one event control your life? And you know, I said, you know, Lord, you're right. I, I forgive him right now. I just forgive him. I release him. I'm done with it. And man, the freedom that I... See, when you're offended, you don't even realize 
You don't even realize the pain it's causing you. You don't realize the yoke that's on you until you get free from it. It's like, whew. It's like you just went and took an exam and you actually did well on it. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Whew, man, that's awesome. So here, let, let, me, let me give you, we're just talking about the offense. We'll tell you how to break free. Here, here's, this is, these two things I'll give you, they're 100% true. They're 100% true. When we are offended, we become deceived. If you're offended by something, you're deceived. The devil has deceived you and taken it, and sometimes you can't, even, you can't even determine what reality is. Let me give you an example in my scenario. You know, or let me, an offended person becomes deceived and they start making statements that are just not true. Now, if I, if I say, if that's the way people are in church, I don't want to have anything to do with it. There were hundreds of people in the church, and there was one guy who did that to me. Do you see how, do you see how deception works? I mean, if that's, the way, if that's the way church is, I just don't want to, you know, 90% of the people could be good. But, see, the deception makes us to make blanket statements that just aren't true. Um, you know, if this is what church is about, I just don't want to be a part of it. And again, I, I told you the truth is that Many, hundreds of people hadn't done anything to me except been supportive. This one man was different. Proverbs 18, 19, it says this, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. You think about that, it's almost like when, when you become offended, it's like steel bars that are around a castle just come around you, and, and you just almost just can't be penetrated. See, here's the thing. When somebody is offended, you can't have a reasonable conversation with them. Have you ever tried to talk with somebody that was deeply offended? Hey, you want to come to church? I don't go to church. Why? Because in 1953, I went to church one time and they were crazy. Well, well, try again. You know, I, I mean, it's almost like, well, you know, well, I, no, I don't believe this, that, and the other. Well, I go to a good church. People are friendly. Why don't you come with me? It's just when you're deceived and, and you, you see what happens is you create a false reality that only you live in. Everyone else thinks, what's wrong with that person? But if somebody is offended and they become deceived, you can't have a conversation with them. You can't, you can't even help them because their reality is just so jaded. And so if you're offended, if you're offended, what I'm saying is you are not seeing things objectively. You're, you're putting blanket statements on people and things and, you know, anyway. Uh, hey, here's a question. How many of you have ever been offended at the post office? I'm telling you, almost every time I, and if you're a postal worker here, we love you and all that, but anyway. I'm telling you, almost every time I go to the post office, I get offended, they do something, but I still go back, right? Because I have to. There's no other choice. You know, I have to use them sometimes. Okay, we forgive the post office. All right. So you're, if, when you're offended, you're deceived. But here's, here's the second thing, and this is going to shock you a little bit. When you're offended, really, you've become prideful. You've become very prideful. And you don't, again, you don't realize you're deceived. You don't realize that you become prideful. But the basis for us holding on to our offense is pride. 
if we choose not to forgive, and actually we feel, we feel that we're better than the person that did that to us, and that we would never treat someone else like that, and we live on a higher level than them, and uh, it's just, here's the thing. Two wrongs do not make a right. The person who offended me, I believe they, they were sinful in what they did. Me holding the offense against them and not forgiving them was just as sinful as what they had done. Two sins. It's not like math. Two negatives don't make a positive. Okay, y'all aren't very good at math. Anyway. I'm just trying to, trying to bring it home here. Um, but anyway, it, it's wrong. And so for, to harbor resentment, when you harbor resentment, I mean, here's the thing. Somebody offends me. Tomorrow I may very likely go out and accidentally offend someone else. You know, so... I'm going to harbor this against him, but then I want other people just to forgive me and have grace on me. I mean, can, can you see? So, so uh, it, you become deceived and you become prideful. And here's the, here's the next thing. Let's talk about this. How do you know if you're really offended? Like, how do you know? You say, gosh, well, if I'm in deception and pride, how do I know? You can probably ask the person sitting next to you, but let me save you that trouble. Sometimes that doesn't go well. Honey, do you think I'm offended? Yes. Why? That didn't go well. So how do you know if you're offended? Number one, you be, you're angry. You're just an angry person. That, that bitterness, it's just, it's just go, turning over in there, and you're, you're just angry. You're, you're angry at people who haven't done anything to you. You're angry at people you don't quite know. I mean, have you ever looked at someone and says, I just don't know if I like them. That anger. So you're angry. The second thing is you become critical. Something was done to you, so now you're critical of everybody. You're just a highly, you're angry and you're highly critical. Those are two things that don't go very well. The third thing is this, you live in the past. You live in the past. So here's the bottom line. If everything in your life, if every problem in your life goes back to your parents, to your upbringing, to your school, to your career. You know, if it's always going back to the past, that means that you need to forgive somebody so that you can move into the future. Wouldn't it be nice to move into 2018? That would be nice. Just move, move forward. And the third thing, the fourth thing is that you will not listen to the people around you. Terry, can I be offended if I don't listen to people around me? Uh, can I not be offended and not listen to people around me? It's possible. It's possible, but see, again, because you're deceived and you're prideful, you become a know-it-all. And you create your own reality. And, and you, just, you just, even if you do listen to people, you can't listen to them, right? How do you listen but not listen? I don't know. Ask every guy in here. I don't know how we do it. We don't want to do it. We don't mean to do it. Okay. And the next thing is this. Uh, you make excuses for not moving forward. See, our life, when, when we are walking with the Lord, our, our life should be a, a, a progressive set of steps. Just making a little bit of progress, a little bit of progress, moving forward, doing a little bit better. And again, the offense... You can't move because you're captured. 
you're incarcerated by the offense. And so you can't move forward and do the things that you want to do. Now let's think about the life of Joseph real quick. And all of the potential offenses he had to overcome. Now these are, Joseph is in the first group, the first category. He really had bad things done to him. So the first thing is that his brothers sell him. I don't think that um, in today's world, we have so much freedom. I don't think that we really understand what slavery is. And, and here's the truth. Uh, in, in, in these days, in the Bible days, when you were sold into slavery, it was a life sentence. You were forever a slave. If you married somebody, they were a slave. If you had kids, they were a slave. Your grandkids, you, you, it was a life sentence. You never got away from it. So his brothers sold him into a life sentence of servitude in a foreign country. That, that, that's, that's not good. We know he didn't become offended because he actually took care of his brothers later on. And if you go to the end of his, end of his life, when his, dad, when his father finally died, he, had, he told the brothers to give all these gifts to Joseph and go talk to him because he may just be nice to you on account of me. And what did Joseph say? Joseph said, you don't have to worry about that. Joseph said, who am I to repay you? That, that's for God to do. That's for God to do. Wow, what, you know, Joseph didn't even get close to that offense. He didn't even go there. So that was the first thing. The second thing is, <clears throat> we know that he was thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit. And I was thinking this week, and I, I was doing some research, Psalms 105 talks about Joseph being in prison. Look what it says. Psalms 105, verse 18 19 they bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold came to pass till the word of the Lord was, was proved to be true. So think about this. When, when Joseph was put in prison, we, you say, well, he became in charge of the prison. Not right away. He was in shackles. His wrist, his feet, and his neck were in shackles. It says that, that he his... his uh, his feet were bruised from the shackles. So, so Joseph was successful. Joseph did not give in. He did not take the bait of Satan. He did, not, he did not become offended when he had. Listen, the, the reality is sometimes we're justified in being offended, but it doesn't help. It hurts our life. Joseph was justified to feel a certain way about people that had wronged him, but it just wasn't going to help get him to where God wanted him to be. So let's talk real quickly. Let's talk about how to break free from an offense. You know, as I've been talking today, you may be hearing, you may say, man, Terry, you know, I, I think that maybe I have an offense. I didn't think so. But, I mean, you've talked about a lot of things. You've talked about angry, not listening. <laughs> you've talked deception. You've talked about so many things. I, I'm qualified, you know. Um, but let, let's talk about how to break free from offense. It doesn't matter what's done to you. It matters how we respond. So the first thing is this, is, and this is tough, people. We have to extend grace to people. We have to extend grace to people. And, uh, you know, the older I get, I, I try the best I can to extend grace to people. And you know why? Because I mess up all the time. And, and I want people to extend grace to me. You so, Listen, here's the truth about life. You sow 
You reap what you sow. You get what you do. We don't get what we want. We get what we do. So if we extend grace to others, I find that God allows people to extend grace to us. If you're harsh and critical and angry and condescending toward people, that's what you're going to get. So we have to understand that, that people are not perfect. People say things and do things that have the potential to hurt us. And it's really not about, life is really not about what's done to you. We see that in the life of Joseph. John Maxwell says this, that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Joseph responded correctly. He responded correctly, and his life just kept getting better and better and better. And when we respond correctly, when, when we choose not to harbor those offenses, when we choose to have grace on people. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, you say, but Terry, man, I, I just don't, you know, I don't have the grace to give. And that, that could be a true statement. And so I, I would refer you to God's word. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. What does that mean? That when we come into a situation, God's grace will be sufficient for us to get through that. I've, I have some friends that have been through some very, very tragic things. And I'm like, oh, man, that's terrible. And, and later I talked to them, like, how did you get through it? And they're like, I don't even know except that God, God's grace was overwhelming to the point that it allowed me to get to. I didn't have it the week before it happened or the week after, but I had it during that time. It says, my grace is sufficient for you for, for, my, for my power. God's power is made perfect in your weakness. So, Terry, I'm weak. I, I, I can't give grace. That's great. God's strength is made available to us in our weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, now think about my, my story I told you. Uh, if I would have just extended grace to this man at 16, it would have saved me five years of my life. Five years that I wasn't spiritually quite right because I'd have allowed that to affect me. What if I would have just extended grace to him at that time? The second thing is this, is uh, these, these are all things that you can choose. I choose to extend grace to you. Second thing, I choose to forgive people. Successful people, they're so excited about what they want to achieve and the dreams that God has placed in their lives that they do not have time to be mad at people they just forgive people and move on. I'll never forget this. Uh, my dad, one time my dad, uh, he, was, he was dealing with some other Christians, actually another church. And um, they, uh, anyway, they kind of came at him and told him they didn't want him to come back there and speak anymore or whatever. And you know, I'll, never, I'll never forget this. And I, I, I said, Dad, you're not mad? He's like, I don't have time to be mad. I got to get my boat hooked up to go fishing tomorrow. <laughs> got a point, you know. He's got, but what, what are you saying? What am I going to do? I'm going to be mad at it for three years? What, what am I going to do? Allow that to fester in my heart? Life is too short. It's too short to be angry and mad and offended. 
We, we, we need to enjoy the days that God gives us and be productive and fruitful uh, in our lives. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says this. For This is a powerful verse. For if, we, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And you say, Terry, are you saying that if I don't forgive, that God won't forgive me? I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I just read what Jesus said. That, that, but, but that is a very pointed. That's, you know, again, when we follow the Lord, the road we walk in isn't wide. He just tends to narrow it down to us. You need to extend grace. You need to forgive people. And the third thing, the last thing, the band can come on, come on up this morning. The third thing is this, and I don't mean to make light, but, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. And most of life is small stuff. Most, I mean, if you want to be honest this morning, in your life, there's probably only two or three things that are really, really important. How your family's doing, you know, physically, you know, emotionally, with their walk with the Lord, you know. Well, my career's not going good. Listen, you can find another career. I don't have very much money. You can always make more money. I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of things that are really monumental in your life. And so what I'm saying is don't sweat the small stuff. And a lot of the things that we allow to bother us are small stuff. You know, you go to work and someone says something to you that's kind of not nice. You know, how about maybe they had a bad day? Maybe something's going on in their life. I'll, I'll never forget this. Uh, one of my sons was on a wrestling team. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the coach got along with the kids real well. Then one day he comes in and he's just not himself. He's mean to everybody. He's doing all this. And I told him, I'm like, you know, I bet something's going on in his life. And he came to find out that his wife had just been diagnosed with cancer. So listen, people have problems everywhere. If they're not as pleasant to you one day, just release it. Let it go. You going to be mad about that? Just, just, just release it. And a lot of things just aren't that important. You know, you don't get that promotion at work. You can be mad at it for six months or, you know what, another promotion will come. There's always more promotions coming. And I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you that we can't let something make us mad and offended at all, period. It affects our life. But especially if it's the 90% of things that don't really matter. Are, are, you, are you with me? I mean, this guy that I was with, he went off to the Philippines. I never saw him again. You know, you know what I'm saying? Would you stand with me today?